Hey, fellow Muppet fans, and welcome once again to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch the Muppet Christmas Carol two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And we are extremely happy to have our extremely special guest back from last week. Extremely special guest, who are you? I'm extremely happy, Leslie Carrara Rudolph, Muppet performer and um, Muppet fan. All right. <laughs> We're so happy to have you back. Thank you for joining us again. Yes. Let's obsess. Yes. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Uh, so today you are here to obsess about minutes 29 and 30 of The Muppet Christmas Carol, in which uh, Marley and Marley, the song concludes and Rizzo has to jump off a gate. So as this clip begins, uh, we got into some of this last time. Um, you got the chains, the lockboxes singing. The Marleys are explaining that they forge the chains in life by their acts of greed. Anthony, I was curious from your annotated Christmas Carol book. Does this, mm-hmm. like, does Marley spell this out in the book? Like, does he actually say? He does. He does. So he, I actually got, I wrote this one down. I wear the chain I forged in life. Oh, that's it exactly. I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it exactly. I made it link by link and yard by yard. I girded it on my own free will. I girded it on of my own free will and of my own free will, I wore it. And then he goes on. This is, this is why I'm bringing it up. Um, is it a, is its pattern strange to you? Scrooge trembled more and more. Or would you know, pursued the ghost, the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself. It was full as heavy and as long as this seven Christmas Eves ago. So yeah. they do. They, he straight up tells Scrooge like yours is longer, my guy. Yeah. You know, heavy that's, stuff. that's in the book. Yeah, that's it's yeah. a it's a good. We talked about this a little bit last week, but it's a good uh, illustration of karma, essentially. Yeah, like if you do yeah. bad things, you're you're making bad things happen to you later. Yeah, prison comes from hate. Yeah, you know, comes with hate in the lyrics of the song. I want to add that. Um, so I did Christmas Carol when I was in high school in a community theater production, oh. but I was in the Fezziwig scene. And one of the Fezziwick dancers, and I was huh. also at, I think it was at a party, but I remember mostly wrangling kids backstage. Mm. But, um, mm. but I, you know, so you, we did, you know, we did a full month of run of the shows and listening, you know, to these words. But I wear the chains I forged in life. You know, I think that those are. Sure, yeah. 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 The karmic chain. Right. It's a very. A very vivid uh, description. Also, Anthony, when you said link by link and yard by yard, I just was hearing the garden song in my head. Link by link, yard by yard. <laughs> Gonna guess... make a chain that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> um, so um, when Waldorf tells Scrooge that he also wears chains, Scrooge says humbug. Now I've lost track. Is this the fourth or f- maybe fifth time that he has said humbug? Do you remember, Anthony? I, I don't. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I think it's four or five. He um, does say humbug in this scene in the book, though. I can tell you that. Oh, cool. Good. He, uh, hit, he hits him with a humbug. <laughs> he does not want to hear all this, uh, all this talk. Scrooge wants his friends to speak comfort to him. There's no comfort to be had. At this point, the Marleys are being physically dragged down by these chains. It, there's a really, like, right. it's kind of disturbing. The chains are actually strangling Statler. It's 
It's really, yeah, yeah really it, intense. He's already a ghost. Right, right. But, but it's again. all those puppeteers that yeah. are doing it. That's like, right, remember, go. we talked about it in the last episode. There's yeah. like so many puppeteers in that scene that are pulling everything together. I mean, think about it. They are, it is highly choreographed. It is happening yeah. in, in real time. We found out later that he was, you know, acting with these characters in real time. It wasn't a separate, you know, it's all done in black and white. They get pulled down to the black abyss. So it was either done on purpose or a puppeteer's like, I'm sorry, I accidentally jumped you on the way down. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, it's or, like I mean, one if that's the case, things. then he rolled with it uh, beautifully. So, yeah. And it's really effective. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's like everybody's involved. There's you, and that's kind of a cool thing, too. Think about it. You're tethered by all these people. Who, you know, so maybe yeah. that added to the performance in real life. Right, like, I'm sure oh it made them God, feel <laughs> made them this together. Feel more yeah. like the, the Marleys being dragged away. The Marleys tell Scrooge that he is going to be haunted by three spirits. Um, Scrooge doesn't like this, but then as they're being dragged away, Statler shouts out, out this sort of admonishment to Scrooge, which I realize I never quite processed exactly what he was saying. I swore that it sounded like Without these visits, you cannot hope to avoid the past weekend. But that didn't oh, make no. sense. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. the past weekend already happened. Um, so I listened to it several times. I could not figure it out. Finally, I Googled it. It's without these visits. You want to say it? No, you go ahead. Without these visits, you cannot hope to avoid the path we tread. Oh, so the path just... we tread, the path we can. So you... That's like Night Beaver and Night Beaver. We know how to chew it. We know how to chew it. I used to Night Beaver, Night Beaver. We know how to chew it. I was like, oh, that's inappropriate. I don't know how to feel like unless it's Beaver. It's a different kind of song. I've never heard that one. I mean, I know the song, but I'd never heard that Mr. Lear. I'm trying to see what's happening here with what he just said. Ryan, you could have read the book because in the book, Jacob Marley tells him, without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Oh, so okay. It's it's almost verbatim out of the book. Well, it's also, I mean, yes, it makes a lot more sense, but it's also, that that's old-fashioned language. I don't think anyone really uses the word tread frequently these days to just talk about walking. It's not Tread like, lightly. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You do hear that. But you know. it's not like, oh, I, I, was, I was treading around my house the other day. I went out. I, I, I took a tread to the mailbox to check people, my mail. People get treadmill, on the treadmill. Yeah. Treadmill, yeah. That's, treadmill. yeah, yeah, that's, that's the only way we talk about it is in those contexts. But yeah, but do you anyway. ever say, you know, when you go up and like people follow you up the staircase, do you ever back up in the staircase? Do you ever do that? <laughs> I don't think so. I do. Okay. You know, the candle that's not even lit. Okay, nice. that's a different movie, but you know, Floris Leachman is holding a ah, candelabra, and the right. candles uh-huh. are lit. A stack. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Yeah. It, it took oh, I got me, it. I got it. Took it. me a minute. Yeah. yeah. Should we tell people that that's from Young Frankenstein, or just let them guess? It's from Young Frankenstein. Okay. <laughs> Young Frankenstein, and it's said by Muppet Show and Muppet Movie cameo guest star Floris Leachman. Yes, and and uh, Oscar winner, as we discussed <laughs> in a previous episode. 
when An I was, Emmy winner, Cloris Leachman. And when I was at was when I was working with Disney, I accidentally um, slipped and dropped my fruit cup, and Cloris Leachman was there to help pick up my fruit cup. Uh, what? In real life at the Disney cafeteria, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I go, oh, "Are you really helping me with my fruit cup?" Stella, <laughs> I no fruit cup for you, and I was like. Oh my God. <laughs> really happened to life story i found out that she was working on and i don't even know if anybody could find it i think it was like you know that 70s show but i think it was called that Amish show i don't think it ever got to air this, this i found was a out pilot? where she yeah. was oh, no, no, i no, no, no. found out her shoe size i painted her <laughs> a pair of shoes that had fruit cup on them and wow. i delivered them to while they were having a rating because that is a wow. thing you do, which is uh, I do. decorating shoes and giving them out as gifts for people. In I love to paint shoes. I've painted um, shoes for the new upcoming human cast. I've painted each of them obsessed over a pair of shoes for the four humans. So that's exciting. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's cool. I, I should, no, sorry. I was just on the side. Uh, you can edit this out. I don't think so. No, no. <laughs> you should no, edit it out. We come to That's Young Frankenstein and Fruit Cup. And, That's a story you about know. how you met Cloris Leachman and gave her some shoes. I, if I, I met Cloris Leachman and gave I, her shoes, I, we wouldn't talk about anything else on this podcast. Had fruit cups painted on them. Yeah, that's amazing. That's the greatest. I, I was that's, just Googling on the side, Cloris Leachman Amish TV show, but I haven't come up with anything yet. That Amish show? Yeah, I don't think I don't it know. ever made it to air. That I think sounds it was just like, likely. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, yeah, on, <laughs> on the lot. All right, well, uh, uh, Google detectives and pop culture nerds, uh, let us know what that show was, if you can figure <laughs> it out. So, um, Waldorf shouts out, expect the first ghost tonight when the bell tolls one. And this is cool, because Waldorf is a Dave Goals character, and in just a few minutes, we're going to hear a different Dave Goals character also shout to Scrooge that he should expect the first ghost when the bell tolls one. So that's true. I didn't even think about uh, that. Yeah. Right. Right. That's neat. Double Dave. Double Dave. Double Dave. <laughs> Do you have double Dave pizza works where you live? No. Oh, yeah, maybe that's a, just a, <laughs> a regional chain where I am. Yeah, I have yet to try their pizza, but I'll report back. We have, we, try we have a single Dave paired with a single buster, but that's it. Oh yes. Sure. Good old Dave and Buster. Um, Scrooge asks the Marleys if he can meet all three of the ghosts at once and get it over with. One of these uh, moments where Scrooge, he well, it's funny. He's not trying to be funny, I don't think. But it is an example of Scrooge getting a joke in the movie. Um, the Marleys do one more chorus of the song. Including that's, the- that's, sorry, I was going to say, that is in the book, by the way. That exact line. Oh, he uh-huh. says, can I... Have all three at once. Let me let me see. Oh. It's, it's yeah. couldn't I take them all at once and have it over, Jacob? Into yeah. Scrooge? Yeah, that's well, definitely. That's it's in the play. It's in the book. Wow, yeah. that it, Charles Dickens, pretty funny guy. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, they do one more chorus of the song, including the the whoa, the spooky sound, which, which is great. Um, then, as we mentioned, as they drop out of sight, they shout "Change." We're, we're I think all in agreement that they're saying change and not chains. Uh, so another thing that we should bring up is that the soundtrack version of this song is a little bit different. It starts with a little more dialogue. 
the Marley's giving Scrooge well, some some additional exposition about his future. Well, so the you say a little more dialogue, but it's the it is required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men. And if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death, to witness what it cannot share, but might have shared and turned to happiness. Which is right out of the book, obviously. I mean, it's a little bit condensed from the book, but it I always forget that it's not in the movie. Oh, right. Every it's time on the soundtrack, I watch but not in the movie, yeah. Yeah, because I listen to the soundtrack many times every December and watch mm-hmm. the movie like once or maybe twice. And every time they don't say it, I'm just like, but 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 it is it is, but it is required of every man. <laughs> it's required. Where is it? You gotta tell him. You gotta tell him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, it's one of my favorite things in the book and in in this movie, and it's not even in the movie. So. Right. Well, but, you know, it's like Jerry Nelson saying it. It's that rules. Oh yeah, it right? sounds great. There's also put, another put that put that back on Disney Plus. Sheesh. Well, I so yeah, I don't know about that part. Um there's another verse I was just going to say, which has apparently aired in some TV edits of the movie. So I guess they filmed all of this and then just kind of cut it, you know, to maybe just for time. But uh, this other verse is preceded by the Marley's saying funny, which is in response to Scrooge asking them if they can go back to being funny. Although Michael Caine's voice is not heard on the soundtrack in that moment, which is weird. Correct. You just yeah. hear Statler and Waldorf saying funny, and then they start singing saying again. funny. Yeah, yeah kind of yeah. Um, confusing. But yeah, they have this whole, we're Marley and Marley, now we have to part to go back where they keep our kind, the wretched and the heartless. This is more great, intense, spooky stuff. The news we shared has got you scared. We're glad that we got through, so make amends and make some friends. The future's up to you. So, I don't know. They could have left all of this in. It doesn't add that much time to the movie or the song. Right. No, it's all good. I mean, it's it's all good. what a great song, underrated great song. in my opinion. Yeah, I I think I've done this for every song so far, but I just keep thinking like oh, this might be my favorite song in the movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you have. Yeah. It is so good. It is so deep, and it is like it just like like I said, all the visuals and all the poetic, and you know how how we forge our own prison and yeah. our own, and and it all comes from hate and despair. You know, and and that the only where it says freedom comes from giving love, you know, and prison comes from hate. And, you know, while freedom and love, those themes right there are Martin Luther King. Darkness cannot Mm. drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. You know, that's that's one of my favorite Martin Luther King quotes. And it says right now, freedom comes by giving love and prison comes with hate, you know, right. Um, right. and how Which, you're, my, you're tethered by darkness. So yes, yeah. no, there's a lot of deep stuff it in is. this scene and, yeah. and yeah. And how they just go back down to hell. Yeah. They go back down to hell. Right. But then it's <laughs> right. Right. And then that's... there's that favorite thing, <clears throat> the fire. That's that's what I want. Like if you listen to it, like that's the last note. Instead of a boom, it's a right. It kind of punctuates the song. Is the, the flame of the in, fire? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, now it's great. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say about the the prison comes with hate line. I was watching this with my four year old son Miles, and he has a big problem with saying "I hate you" 
or uh, like I hate this thing, and we well, always it, tell him oh, he shouldn't. Good for you know? him. Right, this is something you've impressed upon yeah. him. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, he says it all. Like he he himself says it all the time. You know, I hate you or whatever. Oh, he you does have say to it. hate oh, me. Oh, he has a problem. He says it. I was so like, so yeah, he has a problem. Wait, no, he doesn't like to say hate. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, like w- w- when he's mad, he says it, but we always tell him he shouldn't. So when he's not mad, such as when we watch this clip, they said, you know, prison comes from hate, and Miles goes, they should not say that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, no, you're right, buddy. And he goes, he goes, they're saying that it's bad to hate. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, they're saying that it's bad to hate. And he's like, that's okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. I'm glad he figured why is that it out. Not, why is he not on this podcast? He well, will I be so I, think, I guess well, he is because you just quoted him. Right, right. And and his voice has been heard on the podcast before. Not n- not for a while. Yes, he's <laughs> saying, um, I'm going to always love you for us. Uh, he's saying, going to always love you. Season. That's, that's true, he did. Yeah. And then he's saying... He's saying uh, "Mama, Dada, Boop, Boop, Chihuahua" about three times, and then he goes, "That's all I can do." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I still say that to him all the time, <laughs> and he like doesn't even care. Mama, Dada, Boop, Boop, Chihuahua. Mama, Dada, Boop, Boop, Chihuahua. Mama, Dada, Boop, Chihuahua. That's all I can do. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was adorable. That's going to be your toast at his wedding. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Miles, congratulations. Mm. Mama, dada, boop, boop, shawawa. That's all I can do. There That's all end. I can do. You've already written it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Ooh. that was all very intense with these ghosts, which is why it's a relief when Gonzo's narration returns to the movie. He notes that Scrooge is now once again alone in his room. Rizzo says, this is scary stuff. Should we be worried about the kids in the audience? Gonzo says, no, this is, it's all right. This is culture. Now that there's, I love that joke. Yeah. First of all, but also there's a much worse version of that joke in the next movie where Rizzo says he died. This is supposed to be a kid's movie. And in uh, Treasure Island, right? Right. And uh, I like this one better because Rizzo says, aren't we worried about the kids in the audience? Which implies that kids are not the entire audience. And in Treasure Island, oh. he just straight up calls it a kid's movie, right? Not not like a family movie. Not like a movie for everyone to enjoy. Rizzo calls it a kid's movie on screen. Or that, is that the point me. that Rizzo That's was... I like this one. Or better. is the point that Rizzo was wrong about that? That Rizzo is incorrectly assuming that a Muppet movie is just for kids and he should know better that it's for everyone. You know, that's a good point. Maybe we should have saved this for next year. Yeah, but well, we'll talk about it again, I'm You sure. might be right. Gives me a lot to think about. <laughs> good. You've given us a lot to think about. Um. <laughs> what, I, what I like about this is that it is a very scary, intense scene. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they literally are checking in with the kids in a conversation way, you know, because it's almost like, you know, when you're in like, you know, Shakespeare did that. It's like, Oh, we got to bring the audience back up again. You know? So they, I I love the fact that they literally are saying we should, are are the kids going to do that without, and they're talking about it while the kids are like, and do you want these jelly beans? Like they're, Mm. they're stretching it out. They're, they're giving this intense moment. They're giving people time to breathe and get ready for the 
again, it's really brilliant writing on yeah. the on the fact that they, you know, when you put together a show or something, you you take people on a journey up and down, you know, in terms of writing. So they've just been to this really scary place. He's continuing the narration, and we have enough of a breath, enough of an interaction, jelly beans. So I like it that they stretch it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. The joke of that, but Scrooge even like just the transition from the, the darkness, the fire, the moment, you know? So it's just yeah. really, it's just so effortlessly beat it out, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the and then you're just great. like, oh, I just need a chance. I need to breathe. I need to catch my breath. And then of course me, I'm like, Oh, jelly bean candy. <laughs> you know, I just went <laughs> like, Oh, I'm happy. They said candy. <laughs> they show candy. I'm like, kind of like even that, you know, even you say jelly bean, you know, like, you know, it's so funny the way language does that, you know, like just like little, like, it's almost like, you know, you superimpose, you drop little images on, it's going to be okay. There's going to be candy. We're telling a story, blah, blah, blah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. It's just, and it's not preachy or anything. It's just done effortlessly between two characters talking. Yeah, I, it just occurred to me that this is sort of a more casual version of what Bert and Ernie will do in Elmo and Grouchland a few years later, where they inter- they actually interrupt the movie. The movie stops and Bert and Ernie show up on the screen and they're like, oh, what's happening? Is this too scary? Like, what about the kids out there? Um, this is a right, little yeah. bit more graceful way to do it. But yeah, it, it, it's a good, uh, yeah, it, it works really well. Yeah, it doesn't take right. you out of the moment and right. you're like... Yeah, cool. Right. Although, although I'll be honest, I think those Ernie and Bert scenes are the best thing about Elmo and Grouchland. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while, but it, they are fun. Yeah, I, I actually just watched it again with with my kids not too long ago, and it's fine. I mean, it's fine. Wait, <laughs> yeah. Leslie, are you in that movie? I just not, did right? ADR for it. Huh. You did ADR I, for it? Oh, okay. I, yeah. I I remember just coming in to do some ADR, I don't know, background grouches or grouches, something like sure. that. It was not in that movie. Sure. Yeah. Well, you weren't really on Sesame Street regularly yet, right? No, I wasn't at all. I remember actually right. I was on Dr. Seuss' second season where I played um, Morg the Bird and Little Cat A and a bunch of Princess Tiz and incidental characters. And I remember then having auditions for that. I was not called to audition. It's fine. I was already, I was just already in shock that I was on the second season of Dr. Seuss. Cause I'd never been to New York before. I've oh, wow. been, well, I've been to, because I'm from Northern California. Right. So mm-hmm. the only other time I've been to New York, I was touring with, with a theater company doing theater for young audiences. And as part of our tour, which was in Boston and the theater Boston, we decided to fly out in New York and I saw my first Broadway show, which was Cats. Oh. My first Broadway show. And I remember being overwhelmed by New York. Yeah. I was like, this is is too much for me. I don't think I'll ever be here. And so um, when I got the audition for Dr. Seuss and big uh, bear in the big blue house, it was like, I hadn't been to New York since that time. And I've said yes, just because I was like, oh, I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to, you know, it was a free play ticket. Huh. So, um, so when I was on the Webulous world of Dr. Seuss season two, 
um, I remember Stephanie went and auditioned for that. And she came back. It was mm. during that time. I was like, oh, that's exciting. You know? Yeah, yeah. Stephanie DeBruzzo, who was mm. working yeah. on The Wabulous World of Dr. Seuss also, and then ended up in, yeah. the, in the Elmo and Grouchland movie. Yeah, that's yeah, where cool. I met. I met um, Stephanie and Tim Legasse and Marnie, Martin P. Robinson and Pam Marciero and um, all kinds of Muppet performers. I can't even. Nice. John, John Kennedy, of course. He was my dad. <laughs> you know. On, on Dr. Seuss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. He was, was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's streaming somewhere right now, isn't it? It's on. I hope so. Is that I one of those that's on a Roku channel or? I'm going to go look it up because I haven't, I don't, my kids haven't seen it. And actually, Miles loves Horton Hears a Who and oh. Horton Hatches the Egg. Oh, I bet you like, would like the show. He's super into it. He actually, this is whatever, this is just cute kid stuff. Tell me if it's boring. But he goes, we were reading Horton, Horton Hatches the Egg, actually. And he goes, I said, Horton Hatches the Egg by Dr. Seuss. And Miles goes, what if his name was Dr. Soup? <laughs> by Dr. Soup. What if it yeah, was? Which had, like, which had like never occurred to me that it even like sounds that similar, you know? <laughs> um, and it looks like both both seasons of Lobulous World of Dr. Seuss are on Amazon Prime. Oh, well, wow. There okay. you go. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'll so check it out. Go watch that show. So check it out. I will. You will see Leslie's work. Yeah, yeah. And uh, many other talented people as well. Yes, as as previously named. <laughs> um, back in The Muppet Christmas Carol. So yes, as we've been saying, um, apropos of nothing, Rizzo offers Gonzo a jelly bean. Uh, apparently the whole time he was looking for them in the snow, he had them in his pocket. In the DVD commentary, Brian Henson says that Rizzo's bag of jelly beans was originally written as a bag of bonbons. And it was... It was bonbons in the script all the way up to the day they filmed it, and they decided that Americans don't know what bonbons are, so they changed it to jelly beans the day of. Wow! Yeah. I love that you just dropped that piece of information. Yeah, it's out there. So. And that I want a bonbon now. Oh, no. Really bad. <laughs> right, right? The last podcast, well, I wanted popcorn. <laughs> no, I want As I understand <laughs> it, bonbons are just like, it's just a piece of chocolate, right? Yeah, it's a little round mound of chocolate. They have them at Trader Joe's. Yeah, yeah. But isn't there something inside? I think they have filling, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like just what you would see in a box of chocolate. No, bring me my box of bonbons. Right, Forrest Gump saying. (laughs) Oh, now I'm I'm a little bit of a musical. Anyway. Forrest Gump saying was like a box of bonbons. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um, Gonzo stares at Rizzo in disbelief. Again, we're seeing Gonzo acting as the straight man in this movie and Rizzo as the silly guy, which is a lot of fun. And then Rizzo kisses Gonzo's nose, which feels like it must have been an ad lib or something that was that they totally. came up with spontaneously. It's very funny. I totally it's very that. funny. That just happened. That <laughs> just happened and they kept it in. I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's a perfect yeah. button for that little bit of, of yeah. comedic business. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back in his house, Scrooge is getting in bed. He's armed with his walking stick, uh, I guess, to fight off any ghosts. Although, I don't know if that would be very effective uh, on an intangible ghost. Um, he says humbug again as he disappears behind his bed curtains. That's either number five or six. We're not sure. We've lost count. Um, Listeners, let us know. Yeah, I apologize for that. Uh, this is one of those old-fashioned canopy beds. Um, 
I guess you can still buy a bed that has curtains like this, but I don't know if anyone ever actually closes their bed curtains. Uh, I did a little bit of Googling and found that these were used for privacy, but also these beds were in style at a time before there was indoor heating. So closing your bed curtains would keep out a draft, which is interesting. Interesting to me. The same self-same bed curtains that they sell, like the, you know, the char woman brings. Oh, like, I, yes, yes. Bed curtains. Yes, yeah. we will hear about these bed curtains yeah, again right. later in the movie. It's true. Yeah, They're coming back. Yeah. Uh, back outside the house, Gonzo is trying to convince Rizzo to jump down off the gate outside Scrooge's house. Uh, I think we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but uh, in interviews and commentaries and things, Brian Henson has talked about how this scene was added late because they realized that they had to contrive a way for Gonzo and Rizzo to go from the front of Scrooge's house to the back of Scrooge's house. So they just came up with this little, this little comedy scene to, to make that happen. So they would be at the back of the house when the ghost arrived. Uh, movie magic again. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, because instead of doing a right, or just cutting and have them suddenly appearing at the back right. of the house, like yeah. they yeah, actually yeah, yeah. are saying, "Okay, now we're doing this." Like, yeah, they're physically again. traveling. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is that is so interesting. I. It's totally yep. interesting. Did he say anything else about it? That like the way it's shot down, there's a puppeteer under. In no, a hole? but I, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. There seems to be a couple different. Uh, methods of puppetry happening here. When Rizzo is on top of the gate, we see his whole body sometimes. So that must be a, a remote-controlled Rizzo, right? Yeah, I wish Tom Newby were here. I think maybe he, you know, I don't have his number. I could call an S, but, um, you know, he did a lot of the remote control rats and okay. stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, underneath, I kind of looked, I looked at this briefly, but, you know, a puppeteer's in a hole, so he's underneath. But, uh, and it seems like the arms might be armature. I don't, like, they're just out like this. Oh, are you, so it's, sorry, you're talking about Gonzo now? I'm talking about Gonzo. Yeah, underneath. Gonzo is on the floor, on the ground, on the and floor, we see his, his whole body standing on the ground. Yeah, 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 just going like this, yes. you know. So it's, oh, I, again, I'm saying like this, but people can't. Oh, yes, you're extending your arms. Out. I'm extending my arms. They're armatured out. There's a yeah. puppeteer in a hole with, you know, underneath <laughs> right. the stage, you know, looking up. You can do it. Yes, and yeah. I imagine you have uh, found yourself in similar positions. Uh, yes. Various times sticking your hand up through a hole in the floor. Yeah. Rizzo says there's only two things in this life he hates, heights and jumping from them. And I was, and I'm about, right there with him. Well, yeah, I was about <laughs> to say, like, this seems like something that people would quote in real life. But then I realized most people who hate heights would probably avoid situations where they would have to jump from them. So, yeah, it's like not that funny to joke about. You know? If you, yeah, if you're actually yeah, afraid of it's heights, it's just like actually, it's just actually terrifying. Right, right. So you, would like, probably- I went to the Willis Tower mm. in Chicago. You know, yeah, yeah. And here, here's the thing: the I don't mind the, formerly the Sears Tower, right? I don't mind being on a high level of a building with a floor underneath me. That's fine. Yeah. Like, that's okay. But they have these little um, like glass oh, enclosures yeah. that you can walk out onto and look straight down. Right. That was the most terrifying experience of my entire life. But you actually like, we did it. You actually there. walked out onto the glass? I did it. 
Uh, no, I sat down and scooted out onto it. Okay. And it well, was still terrifying. And yeah. Roz loved it. Roz was like all about it. You know? she <laughs> if that. you're connecting with these two characters in just a script sort of way, like again, we're there, we're taking a pause. We've had this terrifying moment. We've introduced Candy. Come on, we're gonna get going. <laughs> so it's just like, all right. Uh, but I need you to, you know, Scrooge is going to do something really terrifying in order to carry on this story. He's going to face ghosts. He wants to get it over with. So now, you know, this character that we're sympathizing with is now, well, I guess if I want to hear more of this story, I myself, I'm going to have to do something terrifying. I'm going to have to face a fear and I'm going to jump, you know, with trust, jump into trust. So it's like a parallel situation you know, maybe it was just like you said, a connecting scene, you know. Right, but, but rather than really just cool. having a connecting scene, yep. they are saying, Well, if you want to be part of the story, you're gonna have to go to something that might scare you too. Yeah. So I feel like it's oh. a lovely yeah. a, an effortless parallel lives. It's mm-hmm. a show beats tell. You know, it's not preachy, it's just happening in front of you, and you're like, Okay, well, if Rizzo's gonna Keep going. I'm going to keep going. Right. If Rizzo's brave enough, yeah. Wow. Then I then I'm gonna I'm gonna take this thing, and then then we have to trust Gonzo. He's like, you've got to do this. <laughs> yeah. You although know? that doesn't so, work out so well for Rizzo. No, it does not. But but I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's not just a it, it it's just a throwaway scene. It really is a connecting scene. Yeah. And it really is in a way that is just like. It's really good storytelling, I huh, think. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's it's not just yeah. a blue 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 blah. Right. That really works out. Huh. Yeah. I never would have made that connection. That's amazing. No, me neither. That's great. <laughs> so Rizzo prepares himself to jump and then the clip cuts off, so we don't know what's gonna happen. Is he gonna is he gonna jump? Is he gonna like find an escalator somewhere to, to get down? We don't know. We'll have to wait until next week to find out. Um, I have a couple other notes before we close. Um, I wanted to mention as we say goodbye to the ghostly forms of uh, Jacob and Robert Marley. So we've talked a lot about other adaptations of A Christmas Carol, and I have amused and or annoyed Anthony by bringing up other <laughs> adaptations that use... No, no, it's no, it's amusing mostly. It's other just adap- the one. It's yeah, just okay, the okay. one. Well, we won't mention it, but... Um, other adaptations that feature previously established characters and who they cast in various roles. One that I haven't mentioned yet is an episode of the real Ghostbusters Saturday morning cartoon from the eighties, which I, yeah, I was a big fan of. Um, It's a very clever episode where the Ghostbusters accidentally capture the ghosts from this story. And then they realize that basically Christmas will be ruined if they don't fix the situation. So they have to pretend. Wow. I yeah, really like, love that. They, it is. It's great. Yeah, yeah they, it's great. It was so we we should also note. Did that you it, watch it the new Ghostbusters? By, by the way, did anybody see that movie? I haven't seen the new one yet. I've not I seen, seen Afterlife. Yet. I enjoyed it. Oh, oh great. Good. Okay. Good. To, good to hear a recommendation. It's scary. Thank you. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Well, I know, but wimp, this... so I get scared sure, at everything. Sure. I don't like scary movies, sure. so I was like going. Oh, <laughs> sure um no but i was gonna say this episode of the real ghostbusters 
we should note was written by J. Michael Straczynski, the creator of Babylon 5. So. That is true, yes. And well, um, it is a great premise. Frequent comic book. It's a great, yeah, it's a great app. Yeah. 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 So they like they go back in time somehow and they accidentally catch the ghosts and then they go back to the present and they find that like everybody hates Christmas because Scrooge just I don't know, he I don't know. Scrooge's attitude toward Christmas took over the world somehow because these ghosts were there. So they have to go back in time again and pretend to be these ghosts. So we'll get to the others later, but um, the role of the ghost of Jacob Marley in that episode of the Ghostbusters cartoon was filled by Egon Spengler. That is Harold Ah. Ramis's character from the movie. So (laughs) that's awesome. This is awesome. I can't wait to Google this. You got to check it out. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Um. Played and Egon, voiced by Maurice Lamarche on right. on Real Ghostbusters. Right. Yeah. Um. The brain himself of, of the, that's right. and the brain fame, among many other things. That's right. Kiff from Futurama himself. There you go. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Something we haven't mentioned, and I I wasn't even aware of this until pretty recently. Uh, the Muppets before this had done. A form of the Muppets had done a spoof of A Christmas Carol in comic strip form in an issue of Muppet Magazine. This is the winter 1984 issue. It's called A Sort of Christmas Carol, uh, written by Ellis Weiner or Weiner. Um, Ellis Weiner, yeah. Of, Wiener, yeah, he of, wrote uh, that, the the great the great Muppet <laughs> Caper making of the masterpiece. Book. Yes, yeah. that bizarre, ridiculous, hilarious uh, Great Muppet Caper tie-in book. And he's he's written a ton of middle grade novels and stuff. I mean, he's still working all the time. Yeah, um, stuff. yeah. He also wrote for the puzzle plays between the lions, bear in the big blue house, a bunch of things with puppets later. Uh, and it was illustrated by Dean Yeagle. He also drew the Muppets Take Manhattan comic book for Marvel that came out that same year. Um, it features Sam the Eagle as Scrooge. Which, if this wasn't, if this mm-hmm. if this movie didn't sort of need a human actor to anchor it. That's kind of the obvious casting, I guess, just because Sam is kind of cranky and Scrooge is kind of cranky. Although he's not known to be stingy, so it's not really the same character. Yeah, should have been J.P. Gross. Oh, that would have been good. If I mean, he's such a, oh, an obscure which character. I got to but hold yes. in the background of Muppets Tonight. Oh, is that right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So on Muppets awesome. Tonight, there was always like that back tier of Muppets. One time I was a cow. Yeah. When I was just eating paper and Is stuff. that but in the JP, audience or the control room? In the control room. Okay. But JP Gross is back there a lot. That was me. That was nice. not you doing anything, that's... just milling around in the back. I was great. always relegated to the back for a while <laughs> until I came down for a little front. Wow, you that's know, great. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But he's in the back there. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it, it's awesome. pretty fun. The The whole issue is actually scanned on Muppet Wiki. There's a panel where Sam as Scrooge is grumbling about Christmas. He says, Christmas, what rubbish. Everyone you meet is happy, generous, and kind. It makes me sick. The only holiday I like is my own birthday. I give myself a donut, and that's that. That's that, pretty that, funny. But that's like America's day. Right, it doesn't You know, because really... I think of Sam Eagle, I think like the government. <laughs> right. I represent the yeah. government. Yeah, it doesn't really uh, sound like, like Sam. I don't know. That's a very good casting. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what looks good on our part, yeah. but yeah. you know. But just to catch up with characters that we've already met, um, I'll say that Bob Cratchit is played by Kermit in that comic strip, and Jacob Marley is played by Animal, which is surprising. What? That's oh, not yeah. Weird. That one's not obvious that at is all. 
totally weird. He, I mean, he's only in, I think, two panels. He shows up and says, Scrooge, bad, be nice, or end up like me, hungry. So if you want to deliver... That's just because Animal has chains. They just like, oh, oh he's yeah. got chains. Oh, yeah, right, of yeah. course. I mean, yeah. that's, the, that's the only reason you would put animals like... Right. <laughs> so, that's just, I have yeah, chains, right. quick, get in there, be Marley. You right, know? right. Yeah, but he, if you want to deliver exposition drums. quickly, I guess, you know, Animal is a pretty good choice for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, that is all I have on these two minutes. Anything else from you, Leslie, starting with you? Oh my gosh, let me go through my notes. I'm like, I said, I feel like I said most of my, you know, like loving this black and white versus, you know, as that's going out. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, I think that was mostly starting with the fire on the screen. There's a lot of great transition in this. You know, I just really like the transition, the end of the dark being pulled down, the warmth of the fire coming up, and then like the, you know, them putting a hat on it. This is scary calling it what it is, but then, but actually just having a conversation, you know, and, and the leaping forward. I love what you told me about the, the scene, but I just, I love now that, that that was just a transition scene. Yeah. But, but rather than just being a transition scene, it really was a way to connect the audience with the storytellers who are going on the journey with them. So I really like that. Yeah. Um, Jelly bean bonbons. Let me see. (laughs) Um, I think that's it. I just love this is such a a wonderful transition. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a few weeks ago we said like, okay, the scary part of the movie is starting, but really the scary part of the movie is maybe most of the movie or a a good chunk of the movie, a good percentage of it is the scary part. Yeah, you got to stay with them. I love that. It's like, we're on this together, and I'm going to do it, and you're going to do it, and we're going together. It's like, okay, if Rizzo can do it, I can do it. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, So, Anthony, do you have any other thoughts, or do we have more from the curiosity, the old curiosity shop today? I have one more thing from the old curiosity shop. Uh, Well, two. Actually, I have two things. Um, So, we hear, look, look for the first ghost as the bell tolls one. In the book, this is a weird thing. In the book, Marley says that the first ghost will be there tomorrow when the bell tolls one, which I think uh, means like tomorrow, tomorrow, like one a.m. It's not you know, midnight I think. yet. But then he says the second on the next night upon the same hour, and the third upon the new night when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. So uh, in the book, Marley is basically like three nights, three ghosts. Which is why at the end we're going to hear Scrooge say the spirits did it all in one night. Of course they did. They can do anything. That happens in the uh, book because he like. That's why he doesn't think it's Christmas morning. Okay, you know no what, what, what day what, is what, it? What? what day is it exactly? That's yeah. because Marley told him it was going to be three nights in a row, huh. and then they get it all done in one. I don't know why Dickens did that, but most adaptations leave it out, understandably. Yeah, well, you know they and, had to write everything longhand in uh, in those days, so maybe he was like, "Oh man, I should have had it take place all on the same night. I wish I had." Wish I hadn't had well, the ghost. No, say that. It was oh, that is are, a very good. No, no I don't think that. <laughs> there are edits to the book, though, yeah, I mean, I from the original I manuscript. Um, <laughs> but uh, the other one is a scene that is completely not in this version. That is one of my favorite things in the book. Is after Marley leaves, 
As Marley is leaving, Scrooge looks out and sees the whole street filled with ghosts carrying chains. Whoa. It's like a whole city full of ghosts carrying chains. Oh. And notably, this is in the 1951 movie with Alistair Sim. Mm. And it's in the 1978 Rankin Bass special, The Stingiest Man in Town. Oh, wow. Those, okay. are, those are the two I think of that show it. But it's such a cool idea. It is. And it's like even the book even makes a point to say that. Here, let me let me look. Sorry, I had it marked in here. No. And um, you have so previously like, told us about uh, scenes in the book where there's like a, a ghostly image of a train going up the stairs and ghostly yeah. images of Bible characters turning into to Jacob Marley's face and staring at Scrooge. Right. This, it, there's, there's so much more that could be done so with more... the, the haunted house element of this part of the, right, the story. Right. Um, yeah, here. Scrooge followed to the window. Desperate in his curiosity, he looked out. The air was filled with phantoms, wandering hither and thither in restless haste and moaning as they went. Every one of them wore chains like Marley's ghost. Some few, they might be guilty governments, were linked together. Huh. None were free. Many had been personally known to Scrooge in their lives. Then it goes on and describes a few specific ones. But yeah, so it's like he knew some of these people. It's wow. not even just like there's more ghosts. It's like, of course he knows them. Like they're, you know, he's been around the city for a long time. Yeah, those are all his, <laughs> his former like colleagues and stuff who were also greedy yeah. at their jobs. Wow. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. So that's that's a fun thing from the book. That's all I had. All right. Um, then before we wrap everything up, Leslie, we like to ask our guests three questions. Um, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? I know this one might be difficult because you know some people who worked on it. But the second question is, where do you rank it alongside all the other Muppet movies? And also, do you watch this every year around the holidays? Okay. I don't remember where I was when I first saw this movie. I really am completely blanking on it. But I remember really loving it and feeling hugged by it. You know, I remember it as a warm memory. Sure. And, um, yeah, so I remember that. Um, where do I rank it? Ugh, I feel like it's like I feel when it I feel like it should be in its own category. Oh. You know, I feel like it's like where do you rank it among other holiday specials? Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of sure, movies. Yeah, yeah. So I just you know, I, I, I and I also connect different parts of my life with different parts with the movies that I saw. So you know how it is. It's oh, like, yeah, oh, sure. I remember what I was doing was I was doing that song. Yep. So I can't really rank it with the other ones because I feel like it's sure. its own entity. That is a perfectly reasonable answer. Oh, good. Yeah. And then uh, what was the last one? Do you watch it every year at Christmas? Absolutely. Time? I yeah. do. Yeah. Well, maybe you know it's it's like I watch it, but then then I also have it on in the right. background right. when yeah, I'm doing stuff. Yeah, so I, I legit watch it, and then I have like my list of specials, and mm-hmm. then I'll just put it on just to feel good. You yeah, know, it seems just like to know. a lot of people have it on when they're decorating a tree or wrapping presents, just mm-hmm. part of the the holiday environment. Yeah, 
Yeah. And we should mention, actually, this will be old news by the time this episode goes up, but they did announce at the D23 convention uh, just the other day that uh, the the full version of the movie with When Love is Gone restored will be available on Disney Plus in December. So that's going to be exciting. Yes, that is exciting. Oh, I wish they would show it at the museum and the moving image in Queens. I bet they will, right? There, I there bet has they to be will. They, for that. If those of you in New York, you should really try to, like, I know they did when the Henson exhibit was there. It was mm-hmm. so exciting to be here at, during the holidays, right? Remember, Ryan? Yeah. Because they were showing Christmas episodes mm-hmm. every weekend and it was just so fun and just have families and kids see and watch these movies on the big screen right it's just like it's just so much joy and i but i don't think i saw this in the theater that's what Mm. i'm trying to remember i'm trying to really have blacked out but to Mm. be fair i also for my living most ever since i was 16 i painted windows during the holidays i'm about (laughs) Right, if I could get windows right before Thanksgiving, all the way up to December, usually around fifteenth, okay. I could squeeze out their holiday windows. So I really didn't do anything but paint windows for a long time. Okay, so, yeah. So you were you were occupied. I was busy painting windows. Yeah, this so. was your busy season. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, then with that, we can wrap things up. Everyone, please make sure you wrap things up like a present. Have we ever said that before? That just occurred to me. <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> listeners, please make sure you check out toughpegs.com on the internet, social media, everywhere. Thanks to Morgan Davy for our logo. Uh, listeners, you can also support us on Patreon. You can email us at movingrightalong at toughpegs.com. You can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. I am on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat. Anthony is on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. And Leslie, remind our listeners where they can find you and or your work. I am on Instagram. That's probably the best way to follow me. Um, Lolly Lardpop has a Facebook page. My Facebook page is rarely visited or acknowledged, (laughs) you know, off and on. Um, But Instagram. And then I think by the time this is out, um, you can also follow me on Humor with a Heart. Um, productions and that is a, a new business with me and my creative partner Jamie Donmire where we do amazing things helping people follow the art in their heart okay yeah that sounds really cool I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what you do with that yeah it's gonna be fun yeah so everyone awesome. seek that out and if you don't mind uh, please uh, people give us a positive review wherever you can do that <laughs> Um, and tell everyone you know about the show. I forgot to yes. do Lolly's Radio Playdate, which is our podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Lolly's Radio Playdate, uh, you can find wherever you get podcasts. It's great. Um, original episodes, fun for the whole family. And more to come. Okay, good. That's exciting, too. Um, yeah, and everyone, please join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. See you then. Change! Okay, so are we going to say change on the count of three? Yeah, let's oh, do, do it. Too? Okay. Yeah, yeah, Ryan, you you count us down and then we'll both say it. Oh, okay. okay. One, two, three. Change! change. Okay. Oh, wait, we're on delay because it's... We're on a delay. <laughs> yeah.